Toddsville Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I'm going to read the 16th verse of John chapter 5, and this is what happened after the Lord healed a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. And he said on the Sabbath day, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now this is the response of the religious, allegedly scriptural men of that day. Verse 16, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him. They sought to murder him. They sought to bring his life to an end because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day was first instituted right after the creation. The Lord blessed the seventh day. The Lord sanctified the seventh day because he had finished all of his work and it was very good. We read of that right after creation when God gave the law. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You'll not do any work on the Sabbath day. A Sabbath day was a day of rest. It was a day to not work. Now, the Jews didn't understand the meaning of the Sabbath because in the New Testament we read there remaineth a rest for the people of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, there remaineth literally a Sabbath of rest for the people of God. For he that's entered into his rest hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. The reason behind the Sabbath is to teach us that salvation is not by our works. That's why works were forbidden. Salvation is not by our works, but by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I remember when I was a little boy, my grandfather would just, I remember he didn't want us to play on Sundays. He didn't want us to go to the pool. He, he, was, he thought it shouldn't be done. And I appreciate his attitude, but that's not what, the Sabbath is all about. Now, these people were furious at the Lord. They sought to slay him. They persecuted him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Now, why did they want him dead? Well, they had no understanding 
of the meaning of the Sabbath. They made it a work that they thought they could earn God's acceptance. We'll only take so many steps a day. We won't pick up anything. We won't work. We won't cook. Uh, we will make sure that we keep the Sabbath, and through keeping the Sabbath, we feel like we can gain God's acceptance and, and earn God's favor by keeping this Sabbath. And when the Lord performed this miracle on the Sabbath, he said to these people, your understanding of the Sabbath is completely wrong and it is irrelevant and worthless. And they were offended. They were offended. They were deeply offended. The Lord was saying, what you guys are doing doesn't even count. And they were offended. Now, if I would tell you that your religion was not only utterly irrelevant, but evil, you'd be offended, wouldn't you? If I said your religion is evil, uh, you would be offended. Now, we read in Galatians chapter 5, 11 of the offense of the cross. Would you please, as the Lord enables you, listen to what I'm getting ready to say very carefully. Today's Christianity seeks to be non-offensive. And when I'm talking about being offensive, understand I'm not talking about having an offensive personality. I wouldn't want to offend you by being rude and arrogant and thoughtless. That's not the kind of offense I'm talking about. But today's Christianity does not preach what Paul called the offense of the cross. Uh, they try not to offend. They try to take the offense out of the message. They try an approach that doesn't create offense and hostility and rejection. Now, why do they do this? Because the true message of the gospel is offensive to the natural man. Christ offended men when he walked upon this earth, and he offends men now. Christ is hated by and offensive to the natural man. And the same is true of his gospel. Christ and his gospel cannot be separated. And the gospel of Christ is a message that offends, offends the natural man. The religious, the supposedly, allegedly scriptural world hated Jesus Christ. And it, his life ended up in them nailing him to a cross. Now, the only people, other than those who believed him, who did not hate him, were the people who didn't have any idea who he was. Because everybody who knows who he is, who knows what his claims are, that is not a believer, they hate him. Now, men don't hate the Jesus they've manufactured. Men don't hate the Jesus who can't do anything unless they let him. They have a free will that they can control him and manipulate him and get him 
Nobody's afraid of that Jesus. The Jesus that wants to have his way but can't when, unless we let him. Nobody's offended by that Jesus because he's, there's nothing about him to fear. But the Christ of the Bible is the one men hate. Now he said to his disciples in his last discourse, if the world hate you, you know it hated me before it hated you. He that hateth me hateth my father also. They have both seen and hated both me and my father. They hated me without a cause. That's what the Lord said. And these people demonstrated this at this time when they wanted to put him to death because he'd done these things on the Sabbath day. Now, why do men hate Jesus Christ? Good question, isn't it? Well, I can answer that with one verse of Scripture. Here's why men hate Jesus Christ. These are, this is Christ's word, and he says in verse 7, John chapter 7, listen real carefully. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Now there's why the world is offended by Christ. There's why the world hates Christ. He said, I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Now, he's not only talking about things like pornography and greed and crimes against humanity and theft and deception. All that is included. But he is talking about all the works of humanity. He's talking about even our religious deeds. He's talking about even our supposed good works and our efforts, so we think, to gain God's favor. He says they are all evil. Now that's what men are offended by. What Christ has to say with regard to our character. We are all inherently, intrinsically, completely, incurably evil. You believe that about yourself? And that's Christ's testimony with regard to me and you. Evil. Not good. Evil. And our religion is nothing more than an extension of our wickedness. Now that's why they sought to slay him. He was saying their religion was no good. He was doing these things on the Sabbath day, disregarding their religion. They thought being disrespectful toward them. And they sought to slay him because of what he had to say about them. Now you go on reading in this book, in John chapter 6, verse 44, the Lord said, no man can come to me. No man is able to come to me, except the Father which has sent me draw him. 
Now, what the Lord is saying is you, this is with regard to every man, no man because of our inherent wickedness has the ability to come to Christ. If God leaves me to myself, if he leaves you to yourself, we will go to hell. We will not come to Christ. Listen to this passage of Scripture in John chapter 8. I'm going to read a fairly lengthy passage of Scripture, but it describes what Christ has to say about men. Verse 30. As he spake these words, Benny believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. It's only as you continue in my word. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. Now wait a minute. They were in bondage to the Romans at that time. They were their slaves, paying them taxes. But here they make this claim, We've never been in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed the sin is the slave of sin. If you sin, that's because you are the slave of sin. Now, I'm sure they were very offended by that. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. That's what he's referring to. I speak that which I've seen with my father, and you do that which you've seen of your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham's our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you'd do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man that hath told you the truth which I've heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Jesus saith unto them, If God were your Father, you'd love me. If you don't love me, God's not your Father. If God were your Father, you'd love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You lack the ability to hear my word. Now look what he says. He says in verse 44, You are of your father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie... He speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that's of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not. Because you are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said, Say we not well, thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. 
They said, you're demon-possessed speaking like this. As a matter of fact, at the end of this uh, chapter, we read, then they took up stones to cast at him. They tried to kill him after this message. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. Now, what can we take from this speech of our Lord that we're so sinful that we can't come to Christ, we can't hear his word, we can't believe because we are completely under the power by nature of sin. Now, do you hear that? You and I, I'm not just talking down at somebody, I'm talking about myself too. You and I are born into this world so completely sinful and depraved that unless God is pleased to do something for us and stop us, we will not be saved. We can't be fixed. Listen to this scripture, John chapter six or Genesis chapter six, verse five. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's me. That's you. We are all totally depraved. And this is what offends men. This is what offends men. This is why people were so offended at Christ. We're all totally depraved and unable to do anything to save our Selves. Uh, when the scripture gives an analogy of our condition, it says we're dead in trespasses and sins. Dead. You can't respond to the gospel. You can't hear the gospel. All a dead man can do is stink. Dead in trespasses and sins. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither indeed can he know them, because they're Spiritually discerned. Every man by nature is incurably evil, unable to do anything to save themselves. Now that's God's testimony with regard to me and you. And do you know this is a distinctly Christian doctrine? All other religions have men doing something in order to please God. They don't say you cannot do anything that would ever please God. They give you something to do. The false gospel gives you something you must do before God can save you. You must do this. You must do that before you can be saved. That is a false gospel. There is none that doeth good no, not one. There's none righteous. There's none that understands. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Are you offended by this? Are you offended by this? This is what Christ says. This is not the preacher's opinion. This is what Christ says. Are you offended by this? I think of when the Lord was speaking to his disciples. They asked him to teach them to pray. And at the end of that passage in Luke chapter 11, he said to his disciples, 
He wasn't speaking to unbelievers at this time. He says to his disciples, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? But he said to his disciples, if you then, being evil. Now, I am, everybody is, essentially, naturally, I don't care how moral you may be on the outside, everybody is evil. The people who do not believe this about themselves are offended. The people who do believe this about themselves, they just know it's so. (laughs) They know it's so. If you then, being Evil. Everybody who is saved knows this about themselves. Everybody who is not saved is offended by this. Christ's estimation of man. Do you believe you're evil? You know, the only way you're going to see that you are is by seeing who he is. If you ever see who he is, you'll know this is so about yourself. And if you never see who he is, you'll continue to be offended by this. Are you a sinner? And I mean that in the scriptural term. Are you a sinner? I'm not asking you if you're a good person. Are you a sinner? Are you somebody that all you do is sin and it's sin because you did it? You cannot not sin. You've got an evil nature that's always there, always breathing upon you, sin. You can't look down your nose in moral superiority at any human being alive because you know you are the sinner. You have no claims on God, and your sin is all your fault. You can't blame anybody else. It's all your fault. If God passed you by, just and holy is his name. Are you a sinner? Now I want to remind you, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come to save good people. You see, the gospel is a sinner's religion. Everything else is good people's religion. The gospel is a sinner's religion. I've heard people say, well, he's a good, a good Christian. That's an oxymoron. If you're a Christian, by your own admission, you're a bad person needing the grace of God. You're an evil person needing his mercy. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, what's a person like this need? I want to wrap this up by saying, what's a person like this need? This is Christ's testimony. I know men are offended by it, but there's somebody that's not offended by it. What does this person need? Well, first of all, I need God to choose me. It's what the scripture calls election. God choosing his people before time began. Now this is essential for the salvation of the sinner. No sinner will ever be saved unless God first chooses them to be saved. I need this. I know if he doesn't choose me, 
there's no hope for me. Now, let me say this about elections. There are many people deny it. You can't even believe in grace if you don't believe in an election. Did you know that? An election, let me say this, it doesn't keep people from being saved. Somebody says, oh, I want to be saved, but I can't because I'm not elect. Never happened. Never happened. Election doesn't keep people from being saved, but God's choice of his people before time began save people who would have otherwise been damned. Thank God for election. And it is absolutely essential for my salvation. Secondly, for me to be saved, I must have Christ live for me and die for me in such a way that my salvation is an utter necessity. Now let me bring out what that means. The only hope I have of being saved is Christ dying for me and paying for my sins. And if you tell me that he can die for a sinner and that sinner winds up in hell anyway because he didn't do his part, I know what's going to happen to me. I won't be saved. The fact of the matter is when Jesus Christ said it is finished, the salvation of everybody he died for was finished, accomplished. And I need this. I need the Father to elect me. I need the Son to redeem me. And I need God the Holy Spirit to give me a new heart that was not there before because my heart's bad. You know, I hear a preacher say, uh, give Jesus your heart or invite Jesus into your heart. Why would he want to go in your heart? I wouldn't be asking him to come into my heart. I'd be asking him for a new one. Give me a new heart. That's what David said. He said, create in me a clean heart. God said, a new heart will I give you. I need to give him to give me something that was not there before. A new heart that believes, that loves him. And for me to be saved, I must persevere all the way to the end, looking to Christ as all in my salvation. I'm not offended by hearing that I'm nothing but evil, because I know it's so. What I need is God to elect me, Christ to die for me, God the Holy Spirit to give me a new life and enable me to persevere all the way to the end. Now, these are the words of the Lord Jesus. He said this in John chapter 6, verse 37. I don't have a more favorite verse than this. He said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now he's speaking of election. The Father giving. All that the Father giving, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. If I'm one of the elect, I'm going to come to Christ. But listen to this promise. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come to Christ, he will not cast you out. But he will receive you completely no matter how bad you are. And here's why. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am 
the chief. Now we have this message on CD and DVD. If you call the church right, or you can get it off the website, you can get a copy. This is Todd Diaper praying God will be pleased to make himself known to you. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen. 